You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 96. Episode 96, closing out on 100, getting close to there. Uh, so how much uh, poker did you end up playing this week, Tyler? I actually ended up playing quite a bit, and I have two relatively interesting sessions, um, none which ended up in profit. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least it's good, good for content. At least they're interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whenever I'm playing it and I cash out for Zip, I'm like, this at least will be interesting for the few the people that listen. <laughs> You're donating to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I went and played a session. The session was not particularly interesting, and there's a reason why. Um, I started off playing tight. I mean, playing correct, folding. I had one hand ride pocket queens that came ace high, and I made it, what we discussed was an okay call at the end, but it put me on mad tilt, basically. Right? And I was starting to tilt because it feels like whenever you play these sessions where you play super tight and then you finally get the hand that you play after folding for an hour and a half or, you know, almost not really participating for an hour and a half, it, it's so hard to let go of the hand whenever you go through that, right? Oh, yeah, it really is. I mean, because in No Limit Hold'em, let's say you're, let's say you're a 20% V-pip. Well, that's one out of every five hands. If you're playing one out of every five hands, uh, that's not that bad. The problem being is that comes in that comes and goes. It's not always going to be that. So sometimes you're going to play four hands in a round, but then you're also going to you know fold for you know twenty straight hands and stuff like that. So it, it definitely can get tilting when you finally when you're just card dead. You're just folding, 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 and this is how you're going to make profit. If you if you start playing stupid hands, then you're just like everybody else, uh, and then you finally get that good hand, and then it kind of goes off, goes kind of off the rails, not your way. It definitely can be very tilting. Well, well, actually, and then this was this one was interesting too, which is a situation I do not find myself in that often. I was in a PLO hand. I'll give you the exact situation I was in. I had a flush draw, king high flush draw, and a pair. Obvious fold for me when someone bets 60. Is it? Wait, oh, PLO hand. I got you. Okay, yeah. The whole table called five callers and then back to me. Okay. Then I was kind of like, well, I mean, seems like I could call now. It's it's gonna be very close here. So, it's they the someone is someone potting it for sixty. Um, no, just betting sixty. Betting sixty, the pot's a little bit more. Yes. And then how how many callers? Five. I mean, because at first I was like, oh, easy fold. Then the whole table called, and I was like, well, I'm gonna lose this so often. But, I mean, I could possibly hit my flush and be good with the king high flush. It's probably a call. It's probably close to EV on either way. So problem being is, let's say you're only you're only one in five to hit the flush. So you're getting a good 
probably good enough pot odds there. Now, sometimes when you hit that flush, somebody's going to have the ace high flush. And then we talked about it, and you didn't have that many implied odds because when you bet on that last one and someone calls, it's usually not the best. But you your stack would have been so low into that pot that you probably can get called by lesser, maybe. Because I, I think you said like you had like 200 behind. Yeah. And into a pot of like five or 600, I don't think people are folding jack and queen high flushes that they get there on the river. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I was just, it was such a weird spot to find yourself in because I was thinking first, easy fold, I'm out of this. And then all of a sudden, everybody called. I'm thinking, well, this can't be the worst, worst. I bricked and um, continued on tilt all the way to zip in my stack. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of accumulated. But it was just a weird situation to find myself in. Well, I found it like a weird session for you because you made probably a lot of profitable calls that are not going to be profitable 50% of the time. Because that one, you're going to lose almost every time. So you're going to just kill 60 bucks, but it's probably profitable in the long run. I think the queen's hand was kind of close to that, too. We didn't really go over it, but kind of made—he uh, ends up making a light call with queens on an ace-high board on the river. But the way it played out, it was like a third pot size, pot size bet. And it was probably a decent call there, but you know you're not going to win 50% of the time, but you're probably going to win 30%, and you're still— profitable right and he just had ace rag or whatever so i got sent home crying <laughs> but <laughs> while i was standing in bucky's wondering what i'm doing with this podcast and poker what were you doing in the tournaments oh yeah so i don't I, lately i've been suffering from a little bit of burnout just in general i think like it's work poker and everything related and when I kind of do that i kind of want to switch it up and like i talk about like tournaments are not the most profitable way but to me, they are more fun, and when I'm suffering from burnout, especially some of the freeze-outs, I kind of do that to take away the burnout. So one of my favorite tournaments in Houston on that's a weekly tournament is a Thursday night freeze-out at Paramount, which I've been running like gold in. So this, I start out decent. I end up in kind of a tough situation. There's someone bets... I'm going to three bet with pocket jacks, but the person to my right three bets already. I'm like, well, with these stack sizes, it seems like four betting here would be overplaying my hand. Uh, I make the call. Okay, I'm kind of debating. I don't know how deep you were, but I think a lot of time I'm just four bet all inning here, but I also. I mean, don't have as much tournament experience as you, so it just probably depends on the blinds, I'm sure. I think when I four-bet all in, I think I'm getting called at the bet. When It's one of those things I don't know, are you doing it for value or a bluff? Because like once you, if you're doing it for value, I think you're folding out pocket 10s, pocket 9s, pocket 8s, and you're getting called by all the overpairs better, and you're getting called by like ace-king, ace-queen. No, absolutely. How do you remember how deep you were, or not? I mean, was this for? Uh, it wasn't. I don't think a hundred. Let's say it was about 50, 50 to sixty big blinds deep. Oh yeah, I don't like the four bet that deep. Okay. I was thinking if it was like twenty ish, 
then I wouldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're thinking like later end of the tournament. No, right. this is still very early. Okay, well, that's a key detail. In this okay. case, I like how you played this. I'm yeah, sure no, calling. that was, yeah, that's a big uh, a big key detail. Uh, no, this is still fairly early where we're still pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, because if you four bet 60 big blinds, you're going to hate what calls you. Yeah, okay, yeah, 100%. 20 big blinds, I, I do agree. That is a jam. Uh, the original Razor ends up calling in the, and uh, and we go three ways to the flop where it's a, where pocket jacks are the uh, overpair. Okay. So, I think it checks to me. I bet, thinking I'm good here, and the three better calls. So I'm immediately thinking. I'm immediately thinking this person has ace king, ace queen. Yeah, that's exactly what that. I'm thinking. Uh, and the other preflop raiser folds. The turn is an ace. I'm so sad. Yeah, he leads out to me, like, leads out into me. I'm like, I tell him, you know, the only things I thought I was beating here just got there. I fold, and he shows an ace. He does He does lead on that he three-bet light that was not ace-king, ace-queen. I don't know for a certain, but either way, I mean, it was a good fold. He had the ace. I mean, when people do that and or, like, say that they bluffed or they three-bet light and don't show— I never believed that. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of a... I mean, not many people bluff. Not many people three-bet light. I mean, I'm not buying it at all. Yeah. I mean, he asked me if I wanted to know what I had, what he had. And I was like, yeah, I'm like I, I don't mean, really... I was like, I don't really care. I mean, because, I mean, it's going to be the same move uh, move for the most part. Uh, so that was, that was a hand that really took me down a little bit. Then this hand happens. I end up three-betting ace-king... And getting called, uh, I flop. The flop is what is it? Is like ace, jack, ten, or something. Uh, I bet a third pot as I'm prone to do in these situations and get a call. The turn is a jack, uh, and he shoves all into me. He wasn't all in for that much. It was probably only like a pot size bet or so. Maybe even less than pot size. I just make the call. I'm like, well... Does he have two pair here a lot of the time, I'm sure? Uh, I'm not certain what he has, but I think just putting him on the jack that just paired is kind of is kind of playing a little too scared. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I call. He has the jack, and well. that put me down to just like three or four big blinds going into the break. <laughs> That is so sad. Going into the breaks, I have to walk around. <laughs> you're yeah, the you, guy with three big blinds. <laughs> you got to walk around and just know that you're shoving basically everything and all that. So I come out of the break, and as people are not really prone to do, like whereas most people tighten up in these situations, I'm gonna play like a maniac every time. And uh, when I get sent home, I get sent home. But I'm not gonna sit there with just a cut with three or four big blinds and just you know hope for the best. Uh, I go keep shoving all in. Uh, we get down to the final two tables, and I'm big stacked at this point. I mean, I get like, well, no, I end up getting average stack when we go down to final two tables, and then it's one of those things the blinds keep shoving in these tournaments where people don't know how to play them correctly. They just tighten up, and I just keep shoving over and over again. I end up shoving. This was pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> this one I did get away with. From early position, I probably have eight blinds. 
and it's a uh, I've shoved five seven of hearts. <laughs> I, <And> mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to review the chart, but I'll give it a, I'll thumb through it here after the podcast. Yeah, I'll see probably... where the five seven of hearts uh, is in the under the gun shoving range. How many blinds you have to have? I mean, way less than I did. I mean, I, I didn't have a lot of blinds, but it was definitely light. Uh, I think I looked over and like seven eight of hearts would have been a shove. But obviously, a suited one gapper that's lesser, <laughs> definitely not. So I get a guy shoves all over me, and I'm like, well, this ain't great. <laughs> I was like, I have to show this card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I 100% have to show this. And it goes around, and I flip over 5-7, and the guy who uh, caught, who reshoved over me actually had pocket deuces. I mean, best case scenario <laughs> given. 100%. And I flop a 5, and I am golden. Uh. So we go all the way to the bubble, and like again, in these things, I'm playing what people would consider like as a maniac, you know, in my shoving range. Would you describe it like you know that expression everyone says you're either playing to win or just playing to kind of cash that you're just playing to win? Is that kind of more? Would you describe that expression as kind of what you're doing? Oh, playing for first kind of thing. Well, what I'm doing, yeah, a hundred percent, but more or less, I'm just using. What everybody in the world who actually plays tournaments—I mean, if you if you played a four hundred dollar entry, you wouldn't run into this. But I'm mean, using just random push fold charts. I mean, I use—I mean, I'll use Snapshot and go over that before the tournament. Do you mean if you were in a four hundred dollar tournament, you would run into it more, right? Well, people just wouldn't know like well, what they should. Yeah, they you, should be you said that you said in. the opposite. That was the only confusion. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah you it, said it, I wouldn't run into it. So. Oh yeah, no. It, like if you're playing like. Like anything more, like four hundred, a thousand dollar tournaments. Once you get to the late stages, everybody's gonna know to do this. It's just these, and to be fair, you know, like we've already discussed, these really are not that profitable. And people are playing to have a good time, and they should do whatever they feel that has a good time. I mean, oh, I mean, playing for longer is definitely a better time. Yeah, when when I was when I was kind of on the verge of not knowing if I was a winning player, I love tournaments because you get a ton of play for your money. And like I say, it's not. I'm not running down on them. I'm just saying what the facts are and how I play differently. Uh, but it's, I'm not doing anything crazy. It's just regular push fold charts, but most people don't really use that in these, uh, tournaments. Uh, and I'm just kind of reviewing them and kind of knowing kind of what ranges I should be shoving. Uh, so we, and there's this guy who's like, got like three or four big blinds. He's like, you want to chop or anything? And, or you want to give money to the bu- the bubble person? I don't recommend completely making deals for that are going to be negative EV. But one thing that I have had done for me, and I will usually do, is I will set aside some money for the bubble. I feel like that's customary. You should kind of do that. I feel like that's just something to do. Can you describe it? So you're saying like if there's so normally would it be nine handed when the pay is, and then you. You agree to give the tenth person money? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we'll use the scenario here. It was five players, and the sixth person was the bubble. You would just take a little bit of money from the places and give it to basically make a sixth place. Gotcha. So you're just saying agree to pay out one extra slot, basically. Exactly. Is it how do you how do you find that amount to pay that person? Because that might be something that people don't know or understand or I don't even know how do you how do you decide how much is 
fair or good to give that person? Uh, this isn't something I like break out of ICM or anything like that. I just, I mean, you'll typically take out some money from first, some money from second, maybe third, depending on where it's at. And you'll play something that's quite a bit less than the last place. Would basically being kind of getting their money back for the tournament kind of be a good area? That's usually about kinda. where it lands. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. Normally, maybe like 10 bucks over a refund, but... Something around there. It's a... Like I say, it's just something to do. And like I say, it's... Probably this is one of the few things I'll do that's negative EV, but I feel like it's been done enough for me that it averages out as well. So, uh... And this guy is looking to make it, but there's one guy at the table who's, he's not like big stack, but he's like average for the table. And he's like, no, I don't do any deals. And I'm like, which is his right. I mean, not looking down on that in any way, form or fashion. If that is your stance, that is 100% your, your right to do. But it's a little bit of a dick move. I mean, <laughs> not do the, do the bubble. I mean, it's his right, but I mean, it kind of, a eh. uh, so we end up playing forever, and this guy keeps shoving, and just nothing gets called or whatever. Well, the guy who doesn't, who I end up all in against the guy who didn't want to do anything for the deals and end up busting him to where he actually busted on the bubble. That's some quick karma, huh? <laughs> that is some quick karma. So we end up, so it gets super late. We've been playing forever. It's the longest this tournament's ever gone that I've played in it by far. Uh, as soon as he busts, I'm like, if y'all want to do ICM chop, I will agree to it. How many hands is this? I mean, how many how, how many people are still left? Because uh, if it's the bubble, I mean, I would think there'd be me, a ton of people left, right? You know what? The fifth was the bubble. It was, there's, four, there's four of us. Okay. So I tell them, I'm like, I'll do an ICM chop right now. I'll agree to it before I even see the amount. I mean, we've been playing for, it's been like almost six hours in a, like a $150 tournament. Uh, I'm just ready to go. I'm, I'm probably, I think I'm like the second in stack size, but not by much. So they, we end up looking at it and doing an ICM and the, the big stack is like, well, give me a hundred more or 60 or 70. And I'm like, well, I mean, if we're already doing an ICM, he's like, oh, I should get more because I'm the big stack. I'm like, well, the ICM already calculates that. So when he starts doing this, I'm like, well, we, I'll say, well, I'll tell you what. If we all don't want to do it, if if we can either do the ICM or we can just play it out. I'm not going to give anything more. I mean, it, the ICM is a fair it, – it's calculated as a fair way to do it. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you here. Yeah. Uh, so we end up – the other two were pretty short, end up busting them. It becomes me and the guy who wanted the extra hundred. And I end up busting the other two out to where I am the big stack. We end up getting it all in. The blinds are pretty high. I have pocket fours. He has king ten. I'm like, well, it's a race. And then the flop comes four, four, six. I flop quads. <laughs> well, that'll do it. That'll end the tournament. <laughs> So end up taking down first place, and it, which is the the run I'm having on tournaments is ridiculous. I think I've now won three of the last four tournaments I've played. 
So, and not cash, but actually one. It's just ridiculous. It can't happen. I mean, it's way above variance and definitely, like, I'm coming to a crash very soon. There's no way that can happen. Well, hopefully it just continues. I mean, I wouldn't question it. You're just the first place guy. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> now, here's another question. Now, this is, was... I just go to, I've been going to Stampede and playing their little, their little free bar tournament on Fridays, more just a way to relax. I mean, it's not real poker, cash game, or anything like that. But on this tournament, again, I run like crazy on this tournament. Uh, and it comes down and they start wanting to chop it. Should I be chopping it here? Because I had a huge amount of chips. And uh, I think there's the ones who wanted to chop it have like literally like a single big blind left, like one or two. I mean, did you propose your ICM chop? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you had to break out quarters and stuff. But. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like it's unfair to like chop this when it's like they're like, well, we'll take 50, we'll share third place at 50 bucks. I'm like, well, you're taking 25% of the money and you got a single big blind and everybody else's stack, you know, got like about. 25 or 30, not a lot of blinds. Anything can happen, but 20, to about 20 big blinds, maybe. I would propose the ICM chop and see what the numbers <laughs> run out and say this is the fair number. You get a dollar. But, I mean, the money is <laughs> not that big of a deal to me in these tournaments, and I was wondering, I was like, well, should I just be out of, you know, I'm just to be like, friendly or whatever? I mean, I, find, think, I just think it's so weird to do a ch- something that's so, like, my mind won't do something that's that's unfair, even though the money really ceases to matter on in the long run. I mean, I, I won it and got 125 bucks. If they chopped it, would I get like 100? I mean, it really did not matter. <laughs> yeah, I like to think you're uh, educating the new poker tournament players, <laughs> <laughs> telling them that there's no deals here. Yeah, <laughs> it's either ICM and you get three bucks, or you're getting none. <laughs> God, now I kind of wish I would have broke out the ICM just as a just as a joke. Now just, this is the perfectly fair way to do it. I will Venmo you this seventy five cents to get you out of here. <laughs> so it was a. Uh... But no, I actually would have proposed the ICM chop and explained to them. No that... way, you're not really doing that. You are <laughs> so foolish. No, I mean that's what we can do. It's perfectly fair. <laughs> we'll just let the numbers speak for themselves and. So, obviously, you're making fun of me for being a dick. Oh, no. I would double down and do the ICM God, you're... No, I'm not making fun of you. I think that's what you should have done. Whatever. Whatever. I, I feel mean... like this is complete sarcasm, and you just think you're calling oh. me a dick. <laughs> I mean, you saw me take the guy's big line last week, or small blind. That's true. That was way worse. So I mean, you, you, I mean, you almost started a fight at the table for a dog. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I I mean, I thought he was going to cry. <laughs> it did seem odd. <laughs> I mean, it was, okay, no, 100%. I feel way better about me just holding out for my, you know, little money. That's... I wish you would have done the ICM job and ran the numbers. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> next time, next time. So, so, one, I mean, even the stupid, even those tournaments I've been, like I say, it's going to come to an end pretty soon. And it's not big tournaments. Ooh, we're gonna. We're still planning on doing the Texas. Now this will come out. This comes out before tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah this will come out right? before the tournament. Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow we're still. Are you still planning on doing? We're gonna do the tech, new Texas Card House in Houston just opened up. I know it's over near Westheimer. I don't know exactly where it's at, but where all mo- most of the poker rooms are. 
And a 50000 guarantee, one-day tournament, $300 entry. And me and Tyler, we're, I'm still planning on doing it, right? Oh, yeah. I'm still planning on it. We'll see what happens. But, no. I mean, I'm definitely hoping to go. So, I hope, I, I mean, I know this run's going to come to an end. It'll one last more. me one more tournament. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> <laughs> then let the variants take its course, and yeah. you can go play at Stampede all week. Yeah, let, let the variants take a course when I'm just out there having drinks and having a good time. Uh, so, like I see, we did the two tournaments, and now we're back to, we played at the round of each. We don't play usually play at Paramount uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, I have, I mean, it's just the hand of the whole session for me. So I start off playing, I play a PLO hand where, I mean, it's just another one where I'm against a made hand. I'm flipping on my draw and I hit my draw and I double up. I'm at $700, about $750. Okay. Now, there's a drunk guy at the table who says he's drunk and is potting every hand he gets into. And these hands are like $200 to go pre-flop in a 1-2 game. He's just raising, raising, raising. Over and over again. Is it mostly P? It's only P. Is it? Is he still playing the crazy and no limit hold'em? Oh yeah, just everything. PLO? Okay, everything. He's gone an all in. I mean, at this point, it's still early in the night. Ten times. I mean, just has a gigantic stack and just keeps winning. Okay. Right. I'm under the gun. I make it twenty. That's how big this game is playing. I make it twenty. And for with with what hand again? Pocket tens, two po- red tens. Pocket tens under the gun. You make it twenty. Okay. And then the drunk guy jokingly says, "I'm gonna just go all in blind this hand. What'll you do?" And I tell him, "I'll call, man. I don't care. I mean, if you're gonna just go all in, sure, man." He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it." And then it goes call, 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 and then he just ships it all in for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Did you see if he looked at his I'm always very no, no, suspicious. He said about he was this. gonna do it, and before he had said it and done these things. Uh huh. He said he was going to do it. He looked at his cards and then did it. Okay, so he said he was going to go all in blind, but he did look before no, no, he no. shoved. He did look before he shoved, yes. But okay. he said he was going to do it, and the whole night before he had said these things, done them. Okay. Not, I mean, very common. <laughs> right. Okay, I got you. Um, so I just called. So now we're flipping for, I mean, like a $1,500 pot right here. What well, What does it have? Um... Queen Jack turns a queen. I mean, that's fine. You you because here's the thing: is you were ahead with the pocket pair versus Queen Jack, and then also there's you said there was a call 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 for oh, twenty dollars. Yeah. So I mean, you also you're basically flipping with a little bit over fifty percent to get you know a lot to get more money than fifty percent. So to more money than a double up. So this is a good a good call. It's well played and just it's not going to work out about. 49% of the time. I mean, it was so sad. Yeah, it just it does sound sad, though. I mean, I thought I was going to have quite the session. And then I bought back in. I bought back in for $600 at this 1-2 game, and I'm the short stack. That is crazy. My table was so wild. I mean, every hand, 50 preflop, 250 preflop. People are just, I mean, hold them, too. Not just PLO. I mean, just... Over and over again. Guy, the drunk guy shipped all in $700, $700 bet on the river. So the pot was way bigger. $700 bet on the river with an ace high bluff. Got called. But. Wow. That's a. I mean, I mean, it was, I mean, I was like, how can I, I mean, I'm not even bankrolled to play in a one, two game anymore. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Where can I even play? (laughs) I mean, this game is, was so gigantic. 
I mean, and it was one player driving 100% of the action, just over and over again, potting it. I mean, he must have had like 3K in front of him before that uh, debacle. I mean, that's pretty crazy. It made me think when you were talking about that, like my table is crazy, but not near as crazy as yours. I mean, I'm like, I can't even play any hands into this game. The uh, one, two, I mean, one like the one, two round of each, it made me think of if, like I've been avoiding Paramount just because I'm not a big PLO guy, but I do feel like PLO skills are above average for that player pool. And it made me think that maybe I should be going and playing there. It just, I don't know. It's like, I'd, not much. I just don't like PLO that much. But if the games are that big, it makes me think that maybe we should go there more often. But at the same token, I mean, I don't have the bankroll to embrace that variance of PLO like that. I cannot just yeah. be flipping over and over again for seven hundred dollars. Well, that's tough. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a solid point. I mean, I'm gonna need to win a bunch right at the beginning. I mean, just win the flips and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I'd never played a one-two game that big. It was so ridiculous yesterday. I mean, I had people coming in with their two hundred dollars. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, like this is Paramount at one-two round of each. All the other days, it plays more. Standard. Way more normal for a one No, absolutely. Game. But I was floored whenever um, I showed up yesterday in, in such a deep game and just crazy action. That's a, yeah, it was, yeah, you're, well, I mean, that was one of the things you were texting me. You're like, the, the game's crazy wild over here and it's playing super deep. You should come over here. I'm like, I don't know, man. I've been losing for two hours. I got $300 in front of me. Well, I mean, what, why? <laughs> I mean, I'm at a way less stacked table over here. And everybody's got me covered. <laughs> I can double up through everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, I basically just, I don't want to say blinded out, but missed a bunch of times and ended up losing like close to $700, I guess, which is two buy ins. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it's not, it's going to happen. I mean, so. if I would have won that. Especially in a game that wild, I mean, the variance is going to take over a lot. Well, I mean, if I win that flip, I mean, what a swing it would have been. I could have been in the car driving home. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, uh... Well, luckily on my, like, most of the time we do this, all I have are PLO hands to go over, and I, it, there are some of those, but I actually have some good hold'em hands. Two of them that I don't know if I played right or not. Well, well sure, people will let you know. Yeah. Uh, are they the only two hands? I Okay, there. There's one I texted you right there. Okay, and I got the other one. Okay, so... A player makes it 15. I am. I must, must be on the big blind here with Ace King. So, a player makes it 15 and two call. I make it 75. Perfect. Okay. The pre flop raiser calls, and one other player is all in for $30. Whatever. Okay. The flop is 773. I'm sure you're down betting here. I bet 60. Okay, it's good. I like this. Okay. Uh, pre-flop raiser calls. Fine. Uh, the turn is a nine. You're probably checking here. I do check, and then he checks. Okay. The river is a jack. I'm probably in check call mode, I would think. I check, and he goes all in for like 500. Well, I'm folding. <laughs> okay. And then uh, he ends up... Uh, showing down ace-queen for a bluff on the river. I mean, that's just 
literally just position based who's going to win that hand. See, this is one of those things. There were two I wondered, and then like I could be results. This could be very results oriented. But seven seven three, I bet sixty he calls. That's all standard. That's going to play it. The turn nine. I'm wondering if I should be betting there when I have all the bigger over pairs. I mean, this is results oriented. Is it? <laughs> I mean, this is so results oriented. I mean, just because he would have folded, but I mean. Then I was also... But, I then, mean, if you're just going to stack off with ace-king every hand, I mean, it seems like yeah. a good way to lose a bunch of money. I that mean, I understand going all in pre-flop and everything, yes. But just, yeah, this is probably too results-oriented. I think this is literally just position-based, and he was able to make that move just based on his position. Maybe so. Because on the river also, when he's checked, I'm like, well, he's kind of capped here. 100%. But, I mean, I was also thinking, like, well... Or turn. You check the uh, turn. Yeah. Yeah, he checks the turn, and then the river's a jack. And I'm like, well, he's not folding a jack. And a lot of his misses, I'm actually ahead of. I thought I had too much showdown value. I mean, there is $90 that, I mean, I, we're going to have to showdown for anyways. So, you think it's you think I played it fine, and I'm just being results-oriented? I think, I think you played it fine. I think it's literally just position. I think that's, I mean, I don't think he even had to go all in. I think he would have folded for 250 I mean... Yeah. I think it's literally just position. I mean, it'd be the same if you had ace-king and he had ace-king, he knocked you off a chop. I think I think if you were in position, you would have knocked him off the hand. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're probably right there, because I was kind of wondering if I played that kind of, like, weak. But looking back, I mean, he could have tens, he could have jacks, and he's calling that turn bet. I mean, he so. could have. I mean, but here's the other thing, too, is we say we get on here all the time. This is a poor example, but we say people don't bluff the river that often. Yeah. That's so it's more true. of an exploitative fold, if anything. Right? Uh, I agree. Uh, well, I think once he goes all in for that amount, I mean, there's nothing I can do. I can't. I definitely can't make that call with ace high. I mean, especially on something where that turn, where that river can hit him quite a bit. I mean, it's king jacks, queen jacks, ace jacks do get there. And like you said, he could still have all the pocket pairs that... I mean, the other problem is he could be bluffing with a mid-pocket pair or some, like, jacks, tens, whatever, and still have you beat. <laughs> well, he could have a seven there, too. I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd shown wild hands before. So he does have other... Like, he just could have a random, like, crazy hand that he hit. Yeah, no, I, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, just literally just lost due to position, which is why you don't like to play out of position. That is true. <laughs> I mean, so much easier in position. Let's let's take that as a lesson. Uh, so I'm there's another hand. I make it ten with seven six of hearts. Two call. Flop is queen ten seven. Uh, no hearts. I'm guessing or uh, no hearts. Okay, so we have bottom pair. You said bottom pair. Was I in? No, I think I was in position here. Uh, I made it more. So I'm, I think I'm in middle position here. Uh, the flop. So the flop is queen ten seven. I have seven six of hearts. Uh, it goes check check check. Seems standard. I turn two pair when the uh, turn the six. Player bets 25, and then the other player to my right calls. Ooh, I'm raising. I'm raising big. This is where I... Okay, well, this is where I did misplay this. Uh, I did just call. Literally hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just so incentivized to squeeze that guy there. It's the perfect spot for you. Yeah, this is... 
one of those that I really, I was like, well, let me not overplay. Because, I mean, it is, 8-9 is there. There is better two pairs out there. So that's kind of what I was thinking. My thinking is if one of those is, they have one of those, it's my time to go down. That probably should be the thinking with these stack sizes here. Oh, uh, I don't even know the stack size. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're a thousand deep, I think you might be misplaying this hand. Uh, from my well, si- I still like raising. Oh, uh, I do agree with that. I mean, you get re-raise. I'm, you know, so uh, sad. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I should have raised. I, I call. just called. <laughs> And then the river's a 10. Basically, a counterfeiting oh, my oh two no. pairs. I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah. Mean, that's so sad. Um, but, okay, here's the thing. I don't know his hand. If you raise big on the turn and he calls with ace-queen there and counterfeits you, you get stacked here. I mean, this is now an easy fold. Uh, it goes check-check. We end up chopping. He had 7-8. So, it's uh, we both had 10s with 7s with a queen kicker. So, but I mean, it was definitely one that I do think you're right. I, I like, I 100% think, uh, thought this before. And now that you mention it, I do think this should be a raise from the turn or from the, on the turn. I definitely misplayed this hand. That'll happen though. I mean, no, one, oh, 100%. <laughs> it will happen. And it did happen. <laughs> I, was about to say, I have like three podcasts where I just have reviewed nothing but misplayed hands. So good yeah. that you throw one in here. No, well, that's a, uh, you know, I don't want you to feel lonely or anything. So it's uh yeah, that was kind of mine. I end up, it was kind of a sad day. Like I, I end up on the first hand busting out. I thought I heard something going on over there. And then you text me, I misread the hand and I thought you won. I was like, awesome. And you're like, I'm just living the dream. And I went back and read it and I was like, oh, that's probably not. I was like, oh, what'd you say? You text me, and I was like, nice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm like this dude really this dude really hates me. I thought you said that you flopped the nut flush and it went brick brick. That's why I was like, cool. No, I uh, <laughs> I flopped the nut flush draw in a pretty big pot. I uh, in PLO. I don't know if you should be doing this, but I just jam. I just pot it. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's one straight out there that would be like three four, and I'm like, well, if nobody's got the straight, this is gonna be hard to call. Uh. Guess what? Somebody's always got the straight. Uh, I pot it. Uh, there's a call for less for an all-in. Comes back around. He goes all-in. I mean, once I pot it, I mean, easy call. Oh, 100%. I mean, that was, yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm just stacked. I mean, my, the stack size is enough to just dictate that I'm getting great odds at that point. Uh, and it comes brick, brick. I mean, which is, I guess, fine. I don't. Like I say, I'm not a PLO expert, so I don't know if I am playing this wrong or not, but I will I will usually fast play nutted draws and nutted hands. And I think you should be, but, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have an interesting one for you right here. Okay. Before we go. So I was having a pretty good session that first session until the wheels fall off and I rolled on the ground and tipped over, but... I am short stacked now with 350 uh, in a 1-3 game. Okay. I literally have money in my hand. I'm like, do I want to add on? Should Wait, I? You're, you have 350? Um, it's not like you're – I mean, you're still over 100 big blinds deep. It's not like you're that short. Maybe I didn't have 350. You're right. I had 300. But 
<laughs> uh, sorry I said anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I literally have money in my hand. I'm like, should I add on this hand? And I was like, mm, I'll wait. And then I looked down at pocket aces. I'm like, hmm, unlucky. Um, so I open up to 20, raise a 20, and then I get three bet to 150. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> and then I go all in and get snap called. Um, I'm up against pocket nines, and the board runs out to a straight. He had um, the king eye straight, and I had the ace eye straight. Okay, but oh, let's also go results because he made it. You made it okay. You made it twenty, and then he makes it one fifty. Yes. Well, that's what him. Do and you I t- think if you like, add, like, how much were you going to add on for? You don't even want to know. But uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, my thinking is: Do you think he? Fo- oh. Do you think you push and he folds? Oh, 100 uh, percent. We talked about it afterwards, so I was kind of like, I kind of got the maximum with that. Actually, it kind of worked out for me. Right. But in the moment, it felt unlucky. And then I was also like, um, it was funny because we were talking, like, you know, he was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm drawing so thin here. And I was like, well, I was going to add on. I'm so happy I didn't. I was like, I haven't even won yet. I'm like, let's hold on before I'm up there crying, spinning that wheel, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so I'm like, let me, let me hold on and win this first. But, um, you know, he easily folds pocket nines there for any more money, really. Yeah. Because I mean, if you make it 600, you can't, I mean, it becomes very weird if you make it. I mean, you're probably shoving. I actually, I had more than that. I had 375 because I remember telling him, I think I had like 300, 320 and ended up being 375. Yeah. So that actually works out pretty well. I guess you could, I mean, sometimes I will do, and this is super exploitative. I mean, you're probably not going to get away with it in tough games. But if I have 600 here, knowing that I don't want to fold, I will like min raise four bet and then jam every flop. Oh, min raise four bet. Okay, I thought you were gonna say just call, and I was about to turn this podcast off. <laughs> I was about to say, oh. well, it, it, no, no, no. I like we've talked about this. We've been misplaying four bet pots. Been I've been sizing up way too big. I don't even mind the min or just over min. I think it's more correct. I think so. I mean, it leaves a weird like point five stack to pot ratio. Whatever, but. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, you still put them in a weird spot where they're like, well, now I'm getting just 150 to win four, you know, to win 600. Yeah. And like I say, you just jam every flop at that point. hundred percent. And so it's, so I don't know, but that's, I think, I guess it doesn't matter if you would have done that, but. Either way, it seems like he just folds on the flop, so it would have been the same result. The flop was king-queen. I was like, oh, God. Then a 10 and a jack, and I was like, I mean, how can I win? And he's like, that's me, and I was like, I mean. Well, you have the nuts straight. Well, no, 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 no. It it, it rivered it, though. But, like, I was just watching it run out because I'm thinking what's calling my all-in pre-flop. Oh, yeah, all the broadways have two pairs and sets and everything. Exactly, and then um, he's like, that's me, and I was like, oh, I thought it was me. Like, I thought we were chopping now. Yeah, kind of thing because I thought he might have had like ace king. I mean, it's weird that he says that's me when I mean like it like a ton of your rage ace is ace king and ace queen. Oh, no, no, I had my cards face up. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, yeah, all in preflop with ace. I just turn them. Up. I told him ahead of time I have aces. You know, oh, before. okay. And I turn them. I mean, even with the tens, I turn them up. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, the only time I don't turn them over is when it's a dicey, dicey hand. <laughs> <laughs> If I I don't want to show this unless I have to. Yeah, I mean, like I, I tell him sometimes, if I turn this hand over, you're going to be so sad. Because <laughs> the only way I'm turning it over is if I throw the winner. 
I mean, you don't even have to show your hand. I'm going to muck this face down. Yeah. So. That's uh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. It's uh, well, that's an interesting uh, spot you are in. One hundred percent. Well, I I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else for this week? No, I'm I'm super excited about that uh, tournament. We the me and Tyler both work on the weekends. All the cool tournaments are always multi-flight tournaments. So, not a, a fifty thousand guaranteed is way bigger. I mean, outside of the 15000 guaranteed I do every now and then at Texas Card House in spring on Fridays, uh, it's way, I mean, just way bigger than anything I've done in a long time. So, How late do you think this tournament is going to go? People are talking about that. I mean, it starts at 6. When you told me about it, I was like, it's got to start at 1 or 2. Uh, it starts at 6. I thought, I mean, it seems like it would go on for freaking ever. I guess it's one of those things that if I'm running that deep into a tournament that that, that's that big, I'd cease to care. But it definitely, I would have thought for like such a gigantic tournament and one I think is going to draw so many people, uh, I definitely thought it was going to start earlier. But I guess guess you want to get that crowd of everybody, you know, works and you don't want to start it at 1-2 on a Thursday. Where almost everybody's off, so so I guess I see their point, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, if you go through all of that that length of time, you don't end up bubbling because that would be sad. <laughs> well, I guess on that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>